One of the ways to be successful, really successful at becoming your own banker is making better choices, better choices on when you should or should not take those policy loans. Hi, everybody. This is John Montoya. And this is John Parings. We're authorized infinite banking practitioners and hosts of the fifth edition. Episode 40. In this episode, we're going to discuss the idea of shopping for your money and what that means, why it's important, and offer some rules of thumb that we follow when sourcing capital. And then we'll discuss some examples so that you can get a better understanding of the value for quote unquote shopping for your money and before making any decisions about where that money should come from. So first of all, to kick this off, what do we even mean by shopping for money? We should be finding the best sources of capital for the situation that we're in at the time. Now, a lot of people will come into IBC and maybe you know their first priority with their cash values is paying off debt. Other people will come into IBC and they're coming in with capital that they want to deploy for investment purposes. Either way, you should always shop for your money first before you go out and actually deploy your capital. To give you an idea of, of what we mean by that, we're going to give you some examples later on. But I think this is going to be a great segue from a thread of what we discussed in episode 38, guaranteed and non-guaranteed components of a life insurance policy, where we talked about having a business owner mindset when practicing IBC. We want all our listeners to have a business owner mindset when it comes to IBC, but sometimes people will be so eager to take policy loans that they think, well, everything's got to cycle through our policies. And that's not always the case. You should take a breather and take a look and assess, well, where's going to be the best place for me to take a loan? It could be very well from your policy, but it also could be from more traditional sources, dare I say that, like a bank loan. So let's review some rules of thumb. And we've got five here. Number one, we all have a need for capital in our lifetime. Number two, we finance everything that we buy. Number three, everything has an opportunity cost. Number four, it's important that we choose the best financing option for our situation. Number five, when we consider financing with policy loans, important rule of thumb, you want to avoid maxing out your cash values if at all possible. And the reason why I say that is because rainy day funds are so critical to long-term wealth building. If you're maxing out your loans just because you have the available cash value, if that's also part of your rainy day fund, you're leaving yourself no cushion whatsoever if life happens to throw you a curveball. And life has a way of doing that. So you never want to max out your cash value if you can at all avoid it. Those are great rules of thumb. And we talk about those all the time. Of course, we finance everything we buy is one of the biggest things to understand. And that's a mantra that you see repeated in the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. And it's a, a really important thing to pay attention to because when you finance everything you buy, what does that mean? It means we either pay interest to someone else or we give up interest we could have earned. One of the myths of IBC is that we can somehow 
build a life insurance policy and take out policy loans. And then they call it, sometimes people call it paying themselves back. And so this episode, the reason we're getting into this and why it's important is that myth needs to be squashed because we're not paying ourselves back. There's an interest rate that gets paid for using someone else's money or gets lost when we use our own. In the case of life insurance policy loans, we are paying a rate of interest to the insurance company for the use of a policy loan. Okay, so we're not paying ourselves back. We're paying, when we use a policy loan, we're paying interest to the insurance company for the use of their money. And that's still a great thing to be able to do because we're using other people's money. A lot of people get hung up on paying themselves back and and having to pay interest to the life insurance company, but that's okay. I mean, that's, by the way, that's exactly what banks do when they take on deposits to then go lend to borrowers and pay them a rate of interest to use their money. So we're doing the exact same thing. It's on a slightly different scale than what the banks can do, but that's why it's called becoming your own banker. So there's nothing wrong with paying interest to someone else as long as it makes sense. And that's kind of the topic of this episode. When and where does it make sense to source your capital? And I'll add one more thing to paying yourself back. One of the questions I like to ask people is, where do you currently bank? And, you know, a common answer is Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase. And I say, great. Did Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase share any of their profits with you for you depositing your money with them? And the answer is always no. And I'll say, well, wouldn't you agree that it makes more sense to set up your own banking system where you can partake in the profit of this financial system? Well, of course, yes. So realize when you're paying a policy loan back to the life insurance company, that is revenue for the life insurance company. Just like when you take a traditional loan, that's revenue for the bank. But when you repay that policy loan, that's all going to go to the bottom line of the life insurance company. And ultimately, it's going to become part of the profit, which then gets shared amongst like-minded people, i.e., policyholders, you and me, from a mutual-based company. That will never happen in the traditional world. So there is that advantage to paying back policy loans. You know that it's indirectly going to come back to all the policyholders. So here's another myth. I'll hear this every once in a while. There's this confusion out there that when you take policy loans, it'll actually help your policy grow faster. This is a fallacy. I think people come to this conclusion if they've read Nelson's book and misunderstood one of the euphemisms that he uses when he teaches IBC, which is paying extra interest. If you're familiar with that term or that expression, paying extra interest, it doesn't mean that you're sending extra money back to your policy and, and that extra interest is is helping you directly grow the cash values in your policy. It just means that you're repaying your policy loans at an even faster pace. Let, let's say, for example, you take out a $20,000 policy loan and you decide you want to make a $1,000 a month payment, loan repayment, instead of $500 a month loan repayment. Well, naturally, you're going to repay that loan faster because you're quote unquote, paying extra interest, but you're not actually growing the cash value faster than you otherwise would. You're just repaying that loan 
at a much faster pace. So we'll actually touch on this. I think we're planning for episode 42, where we're going to do a deeper dive in what it means to pay extra interest, how to repay your loans in the best possible way. And of course, to add another euphemism, uh, how best to be an honest banker. So Stay tuned for episode 42 when we do a deeper dive on what all that exactly means. Let's talk about how we have a constant need for capital. What I mean by that is it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. We always have a need for whatever large capital expenditure is right in front of us, whether it's buying our first house, remodeling your house, sending our kids to college, weddings, you go on even all the way towards the end of your career. And what are you financing then? Believe it or not, your retirement needs to be financed. So there's this huge need for capital through all the decades of your life. You will never really not have a need for money. Once we come to that realization, you should then understand, well, okay, well, where's going to be the best place to park that capital so that we can do all the things that we, we want to accomplish in life. That's really where we then come to shopping for the money. Because if it makes sense to take a policy loan, we should definitely go down that route. But there's going to be other times where it doesn't make sense to take a policy loan. One of the ways to be successful, really successful at becoming your own banker is making better choices, better choices on when you should or should not take those policy loans. Now, we aren't taught to shop for money, like how we're never taught to be our own bank. We have to realize that shopping for the money needs to be the first thing that we do before we even shop for whatever it is that we're going to deploy our capital on. Let's discuss shopping for the money a little bit further, i.e., how are we going to pay for something because that's the first thing that we should be making a decision on. How are we going to pay for something? In order to do that, what we want to do is discuss a couple different examples because everybody's situation is different. So here's example one. Let's say you're a household with a lot of liquidity. And because you have a lot of excess liquidity, you have the ability in this example to accept a bank loan with a structured payment plan. The easiest example I can give you is car financing. Most everyone can qualify for a car loan these days through a traditional bank or lender. Well, you do have that decision to make where, okay, you can take that traditional loan to finance your car, or you can take a policy loan. Now, which would be best? I will argue that if you have a traditional bank loan, where you can get really good financing, the cost of money is extremely cheap, you're better off taking that traditional bank loan with the affordable structured payment and leaving your cash values available for a better use. Now, what would be a better use of your cash values? I believe it's making investments with it, deploying that capital where if you can invest in a business or an asset, that can produce cash flows of 8, 10, 12%. Well, that's going to be a better use of your money than taking a policy loan and financing a depreciating asset. Because ultimately, the goal for everybody listening here should be to grow your net worth. So you want to deploy your capital in the best way possible. That's example one. 
I like the way you said that. If I could jump in for just two seconds, I think another way to look at this is like, what kind of job are you giving your money? What John Montoya just talked about is, well, he could go get a car loan. Let's just say it's at 3% or 2%. I mean, there's crazy low interest rates out there right now. He could go get a car loan. If you were to use a policy loan, let's just say the average policy loan right now is 5%. He could go get 2%. Well, what's the best job for his money? Is it is it to spend 5% for the car or could it be to spend 2% for the car and then use the 5% loans to go out and create value at 10%, which is a, which is basically what a bank would do. So it's kind of like finding that best job to do with your money. So I like the way that you just described that, John, basically looking at it from where can I make the most value happen with which source of capital? Yeah, I put it this way to a client of mine. I said, take the dumb money. If you can get the lower cost of money from a bank, take the dumb money and then put your cash values in your policy to better use with an asset that's actually going to grow your net worth. Stupid money. Buy this car for me. <laughs> yes. So let's look at example two. So in example two, we have a household that isn't as liquid. Perhaps they're just starting out or in most cases, this may be a household where they're new to IBC, so they're still capitalizing their first IBC policy, and they just don't have a, a lot of cash value built up yet. So they automatically have to lean towards a bank loan with a structured payment so as not to tie up their cash values, because maybe this first IBC policy is going to first act as their rainy day fund. If that's your situation where your IBC policy is really replacing your previous rainy day fund, you don't want to tie up all those reserves to go finance a car or you know something to that end. You want to have that cash value there so that you can write out any curveballs life throws your way. And ultimately, when you do reach a point where you're well beyond your rainy day fund, you can start to make choices on how to best to deploy that capital. But everybody's situation is different. Until you reach that point where you do have excess capital, whether that's in your IBC policies or in your overall portfolio, you don't want to maximize or, or utilize all your cash values and miss out on an opportunity that could be what I call a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really make life-changing wealth. So John, I think you had another example you wanted to to touch on as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's a simple example. Like, So what you were just talking about, you want to make sure you've got your rainy day fund or your emergency fund. And then anything over and above that really becomes your opportunity fund. And I think it's a good way of thinking about that where anything over and above your emergency fund then becomes your opportunity fund. And if you're well capitalized whatever you're going to buy, whether it's a, a liability or an asset, hopefully it's an asset, whatever you're going to buy, if you can cover the entire purchase price with that policy loan, then that's a pretty easy decision if it, if it makes sense. And so again, we want to find the best job for our money because it's not it's not the policy loan. And, and I think the reason we kind of talked about those myths uh, earlier in the episode is that 
it's not the policy loans that are actually making this powerful. It's the policy cash value. So no matter where you get your money, if you have that underlying collateral or that underlying cash value to back everything that you're doing, it's going to be a better economic decision. A couple other things to think about are, you know, what are the factors of evaluating where we're getting our money? One factor, of course, is the interest rate. What kind of job are you giving your money? Are you giving your money a 3% job? Are you giving your money a 5% job? Are you giving your money a 5% job to then earn 10, 12% on something else? So what what job is that money doing from an interest rate perspective? And then there's also the some of the intangible things like, well, what's the actual net loan rate, you know, where you have some benefits uh, to a policy loan that you can't really put into dollars, right? You have a lot of flexibility in terms of the fact that there's there are no payback terms on a policy loan. So you can pay back the loan when you want. Um, you can pay, pay it back as fast as you want. And the faster you pay it back, as John mentioned earlier, and we'll get into in episode 42, the more cash value you free up to use for other, other purposes. But it's hard to put an actual interest rate number on the fact that you have a loan with no payback terms. Like what's the going rate of interest for a bank loan with no payback terms? And the answer is, well, there isn't one. And so that becomes a unique feature that has to be considered as we're evaluating the sources for our capital. Well, we just covered a lot of stuff. And, you know, really at the end of the day, a lot of these decisions come down to your personal situation. And so if you have something going on and you would like to just talk to us a little bit about what that is, you can go to the fifth edition.com. You can schedule a 30 minute, no obligation consultation with us. You can email us, you can look at and listen to the rest of our episodes. And uh, if you'd like to, and you're on one of those podcast platforms that has a rating, please give us a five-star rating so we can get these ideas out to more people. Thanks, John. Always great to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you, everybody. Take care.